Are you seeking fulfillment for your life? Do you want freedom from fear? That's why we're here. Welcome to Jesus 101, introducing you to the real Jesus. And now, here's your host, Elizabeth Talbot with Mike Tucker. I'm Elizabeth Talbot. And I'm Mike Tucker. So, Mike, you have such a responsible employee when she says, I'll do it for you, it's done? Yes. Uh, her name is Ruth. Ruth is a wonderful employee. She works for Faithful Today, which is my main job, as you know. Uh, although we do the daily broadcast here, I'm the speaker director for Faithful Today Television. And when I give Ruth a job, I never give it a second thought because she has been so faithful in the five and a half years that I've been working here. I mm. know from experience. I give her something to be done, and it, it is done on time and probably in a way that exceeds my expectations. Hmm. She is that good and that faithful. I mean, she's a hard worker. She's kind of a no-nonsense girl, <laughs> you know, but I mean, this girl gets things done, and I really have confidence in her so that I don't even give it a second thought, which, again, brings us back to today's topic because God's Word is even more faithful than Ruth. Yes, yes. It's, it's wonderful when you get to work with people that uh, you get it off your list when mm-hmm. you give it to them, even if it's not has, it hasn't been done yet, for you it's done. Yeah. Yeah, as far as your mind is concerned is, is, is gone out of your head. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know, today we're talking a little bit about how prophecy it works exactly like that. A prophecy of God is is done. And sometimes it's as good as done because yeah. he is faithful to his word. And sometimes prophets actually spoke in the past tense as if it was a done deal, even though it still had events coming up that would actually yeah. accomplish. This it. is a future event that they're speaking of in a past tense because God's word is so sure that this is as good as done. Yes. It's absolutely uh, a completed thing. It's it's off my list because God's taking care of it. Yes. You know, uh, we are called voice of prophecy. We we believe very strongly in, in prophecy and that all prophecy was pointing to Jesus and how the whole Old Testament was actually uh, pointing to, to the birth of Christ mm-hmm. and to the death of Christ right. and, and all of it being, you know, sure because God is faithful to his promises. Now, we're going to go back to Zechariah. We, we started um, this week with Zechariah and Elizabeth receiving an announcement that they were going to have a child in their old age, and he would have a specific spot in yeah. the plan and of Zacharias, God. Zacharias was a little bit dubious about this because, after all, they're old, you know? And so he he showed his doubt to the angel, and the angel said, all right, here, here's the sign to you. You can't talk until he's born. <laughs> yes. Uh, you, are, you are dumb now until the fact is completed, and then you'll know that yeah, God's word is secure. Yeah, you'll see it. You wanted yeah. a sign. Now you'll get to yeah. see it, get and see then it. you can talk again. Then you can talk. So we're uh, picking it up at the end of chapter one of Luke. Luke, when uh, actually John is uh, born, John the baptizer that we have come to call him, John is born and he um, now has to be named again. Now, don't forget that the, the father was the one that uh, gave the legal name to the child. Right. The mother couldn't do that. In fact, when they're asking what the, the child's name is, the mother, Elizabeth, is saying, well, his name is John. No, that, that can't be. It can't be. <laughs> yeah, we're, yeah, it must be gonna, another name. You're just a woman. You don't understand. We're going to name him Zacharias. <laughs> yeah, why don't we read that? that, that that's a, such a fabulous story. We're going to start on verse uh, 57 when the time, and if you remember our previous uh, programs, we talk about the pleroma when something was complete and the time had come. Well, this is how this verse actually starts, using those words in the Greek. The time had come for Elizabeth. to. Yeah, now the time had come for Elizabeth to give birth, and she gave birth to a son. Her neighbors and her relatives heard that the Lord had displayed his great mercy toward her, and they were rejoicing with her. See, we always have joy in the gospel. Yeah. Look, don't forget that the whole... Over and over again. Yeah, I mean, if you want to grab a yellow plate and do two eyes and a smile, you 
have yeah. a happy face. There you have the Gospel of Luke. That's It's right. It's constant joy in the Gospel of Luke. And it happened on the eighth day. They came to circumcise the child, and they were going to call him Zacharias after his father. But his mother answered and said, No, indeed, but he shall be called John. And they said to her, There is no one among your relatives who is called by that name. <laughs> I love that part because, see, the custom was yeah. uh, you named them by either the father or the grandfather. It was it was a kind of a tribute to the male in the family. You yeah. continue the name. And, and of course, she was going by what the angel has said at the beginning of chapter one. It says, yeah. uh, John. They said, No, no, you don't know anything. You yeah. don't have You're even a, a relative that is named that. Why in the world would you call him John? So they asked the father in uh, uh, Zacharias verse 33, and he asked for a tablet and wrote as followed, His name is John. And they were all astonished. And once his mouth was open and his tongue loosed, and he began to speak in praise of God. So, in the moment when uh, Zechariah, who actually had the legal power to name the child right. on verse 62 of Luke 1, says, No, this is the name. It doesn't mm-hmm. have to make sense to you guys. I don't care this what is, you think. Yeah. His name is John. At that moment, he shows that he is now believing the mm-hmm. angel. Mm-hmm. And because of that, now... Um, his tongue that, is loosed. <laughs> at that moment... Verse 64, he begins to speak and he starts praising God because now he understands the whole plan. I mean, actually, the angel had spoken to him at the beginning of the chapter, telling him that his son would have a very specific role in the plan of salvation. He would be the forerunner of Jesus, but he hadn't really believed that. He had not believed it, even though this was the thing for which he had prayed. He had prayed for the deliverance of Israel, for the fulfillment of God's plan in their lives, for the coming of the Messiah. And now he said, you know, he was told, you're going to have a son. He's going to have a part to play in this. I don't believe it. You you, You pray for something. You don't believe it when it's happening. But now he does believe it, and so he's rejoicing. And he starts with this prophecy in verse 67. And his father Zacharias was filled with the Holy Spirit and began prophesying, saying, Blessed be the Lord God of Israel, for he has visited us and accomplished redemption for his people. Now, nothing's happened yet. The baby's been born. The forerunner of Christ is born. And yet, Zacharias is already saying he's accomplished the salvation, the redemption for his people. Yeah, this is this is the second hymn that we find in the Gospel of Luke. The first one, as you remember, the Magnificat, which comes from the Latin uh, exalt, mm-hmm. which was is the first word in the Latin. Now we have the second uh, hymn. This this hymn is called Benedictus, and it has to do with the first Latin word, uh, blessed be. And mm-hmm. in Latin is Benedictus. So this whole hymn is known as Benedictus. The Magnificat that Mary did um, is more in the style of a psalm of mm-hmm. praise, a song. And this is more of a prophetic utterance. Yes, the Benedictus is actually a prophecy. So here we have Zacharias uh, talking in past tense. So this that is has, a fait accompli. Yes. Yeah, so here we have, he has visited us and accomplished redemption for his people. Mm-hmm. You know, many times I wonder why uh, uh, do people not believe now that Jesus actually has accomplished our redemption on yeah. the cross and his past tense. Imagine them looking forward and speaking this way as if it was done. You know, like, like were you speaking about your employee that when you give her something to do, it's done. Imagine the word of God uh, is so sure. This demonstrates a great faith in God's word. When God says it, I'm going to believe it it's so thoroughly that even though I haven't seen it come to pass yet, I'm going to accept it as done. We stand on the other side of the cross where this is done, and sometimes we don't accept it. Yeah, I But always Zacharias tell people. Is believing it now. <laughs> you know, I, I was uh, speaking in Nebraska this last weekend, and I told them, this is the way you spell salvation, D-O-N-E. E, yeah. You know, why is it so hard to understand that he actually accomplished it? Yeah. Well, this is a prophetic utterance, and uh, 
now uh, Zacharias is going to start from the beginning, showing how all the prophets of old were actually talking about this time when the house of David would have this servant who would actually come and accomplish yeah, the he salvation. Shares, he shares the history of redemption, verse 69, and has raised up a horn of salvation for us in the house of David, his servant, as he spoke by the mouth of the Holy Spirit, uh, of mouth of his holy prophets from of old, salvation from our enemies and from the hand of all who hate us to show mercy toward our fathers and remember his holy covenant. See, God had made a covenant with Israel and he had talked about uh, this covenant through the patriarchs, through the prophets, through the kings that were mm-hmm. also prophets. And and now the time has come and Zechariah is saying, hey, he has accomplished the salvation that he promised us. That's and right. Jesus has not even been born yet. Not and he's even like, born. <laughs> yes. And yet he's showing this history. He's promised us in ages past. We believed and now it is done because yes. my son is born who's the forerunner of the one who brings salvation to Israel and, and then, to the world. Yeah, and then he actually talks in this Benedictus uh, prophecy about the role that his son would have in the whole history of redemption. Of course, uh, John the Baptizer, that many call John the Baptist, would be the forerunner that, that would prepare a way for the Lord mm-hmm. so that people would um, come to the Lord in the knowledge of salvation, the forgiveness of their sins, and now Zacharias understands that his son is actually going to be a prophet of the Most High. We find this in verse 76, and you, child, will be called the prophet of the Most High, for you will go on before the Lord to prepare his ways, to give his people the knowledge of salvation by the forgiveness of their sins. How wonderful when we realize the piece of the puzzle that we were missing, you know? I love how Zechariah starts putting the whole puzzle together. Now, God has accomplished the salvation. This is the whole covenant from the past. The prophets told us about it. And you, my son, now even have a role in this. I think that the history of redemption that we actually celebrate in Christmas talks to us about God's faithfulness, not just in the universal history, but in the history of our own lives. Yes, it is. And I think that is important for each one of us to be reminded this Christmas that Christmas reminds us that our salvation is complete. Hmm. You have been reconciled to the Father. Uh, You can reject that if you want, Mm -hmm. but you have been reconciled. Your sins have been forgiven. The key is for you to accept it and to to bask in the glory of this and and to celebrate that this Christmas. And this this night in which a Savior would be born was promised from the very beginning of the history of redemption. From Genesis 3.15 on, God made a covenant. He said, you know, you are too important for me. You are my children, and I will accomplish salvation for you. And when we celebrate Christmas, we celebrate uh, actually that God did what He said He would do. He came, became one of us, took flesh upon Himself, died, resurrected, and is coming back. Salvation says you've been accepted. I heard someone say the other day that faith is our acceptance of the fact that God has accepted us. And that's not a bad definition for faith, to believe that God has accepted you, that your salvation is a done deal. And that's what we celebrate this Christmas. Your salvation has been accomplished by this baby Jesus that was born on Christmas night. And he, you know, he died and was resurrected for your salvation. So accept that and you also will erupt in songs of joy. Thank you for joining us today on Jesus 101. For more insights and resources, connect with us at Jesus101.tv. That's Jesus101.tv. Like us on Facebook at Facebook.com forward slash Jesus101Institute and follow us on Twitter at Jesus101Media. Until next time, live free.